Hey there, it's Dr. Nicole and Brooke, the clinical nutritionist at Integrative Wellness Group, and you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Welcome back to another week of our podcasts. This week, we're going to be talking about hormone disruption and hormone imbalances in reference to personal products. Personal products are something that we don't even realize we're using as much as we are. We're putting lotion on our skin, we're using shampoo, conditioner, face products, makeup, deodorant. We're using hundreds of products most likely every day. And we wanted to talk to you this week about some of the chemicals and things in these products that can be affecting our health. So Dr. Nicole, if you want to introduce functional medicine and and why you really look at personal products and changing these up for people. Yeah, so uh, for those of you not familiar with with functional medicine, um, that is primarily something that uh, Brooke and I offer here at Integrative Wellness Group. But functional medicine really just takes a, a little bit deeper of an approach at looking at the whole person and really doing very specific analysis in the world of blood, stool, hair analysis, heavy metal testing, etc., in order to get the big picture and also just figure out what imbalances are creating these symptoms that they are experiencing. So looking at analysis, there's a couple things that we would we would want to take a look at. So looking at the thyroid hormone and checking to see if there were um, you know, if the levels were decreased or the levels were increased. We'd also want to look at the liver and see if there was any elevated enzymes, which would technically mean there was some inflammation in the liver. Anytime you see inflammation in the liver, typically that is going to be reflective of the body's inability to detox. Um, This is also something that plays an important role in hormones because your liver is one of the primary organs for helping your body to get rid of extra estrogen. And having an overabundance of estrogen is something that is linked to a lot of different types of reproductive disorders in the sense of PMS, bad cramping, heavy periods, um, migraines, uh, and then also the inability to lose weight, especially in the midline of the body. Um, So those are going to be things that I know that a lot of women can relate to, but that has a lot to do with overabundance of estrogen, which we'll talk about how personal products can cause that, but it's also the detox pathways being uh, compromised that's also not allowing you to excrete the extra estrogen, which also can come from the toxins that are in these personal products. Um, And then the the last thing that you'll see is also in the hormone arena, but more so looking at the sex hormones, you will definitely see an imbalance there with the uh, overuse of these different types of personal products because again, these products can mimic estrogen in the body. As the estrogen goes up, you'll naturally see the testosterone and progesterone go down and you know, we always make jokes and call progesterone the skinny hormone. And it's not really the skinny hormone, but it plays a huge, huge role in your body's uh, ability to be hormonally balanced. And it does allow you to, you know, have healthy periods, regular periods, not have those PMS symptoms, but also manages your weight because, again, if the progesterone is high, you're not going to have as much estrogen and you're not going to necessarily have that fat accumulation around the hips, the thighs, as well as the belly, which is all in that midsection area. Um, So those are really the the biggest things that we want to look at in the lab analysis. 
And when we see those things off, there's usually a red flag that there is something that's disrupting the system. And yes, it can be food, but also we have to take into consideration our personal products. So how do these products themselves actually affect your hormones? Well, it depends on the chemical that you're talking about, but to keep it rather simple, you're going to have certain chemicals in these personal products that are going to mimic estrogen in the body. So this is gonna be like your parabens, it's gonna be your phthalates, it's also gonna be BPA, which was uh, one of the primary components of plastics, which BPA you know, is going to be more so in the plastics that these different products are uh, bottled in. So again, the, the BPA can still leach into the personal products as well. But though the, between the BPA, the parabens, and the phthalates, those are definitely going to be products that once these chemicals get into your body, they're going to uh, increase the amount of estrogen in the body. So once, again, that estrogen goes up, then that is also going to create an imbalance in the other sex hormones, which is going to be your progesterone and testosterone, but it's also going to bind up a lot of your thyroid hormone. So you might be presenting with what you call hypothyroid, which is low functioning thyroid, um, or you might be presenting with um, you know, low levels of your progesterone and your testosterone that might show up in your blood or even your urine. And that is again gonna go back to that overabundance of estrogen. So aside from just having a hypothyroid or, mm -hmm. or maybe that's coming back in blood work or testing mm -hmm. or maybe hormonal imbalances where they're feeling PMS and things like that. Mm -hmm. Are there any other symptoms that people might experience that might lead them to believe that, you know, they might have disruption of their hormones that's not necessarily really tied to hormones? Okay, so yes, um, the I would say one of the biggest things you might see is inflammation and inflammation, you know, Primarily, inflammation can happen um, within your body and cause you to feel maybe more pain, um, have you more ha or you would have more achy joints. You also might have high blood pressure. You might have high cholesterol. You might get headaches. You might have migraines. Um, and this really goes back to the overabundance of estrogen, yes, will create inflammation, but then also because not all of the chemicals that we're going to talk about today are just uh, chemicals that will mimic estrogen in the body. Some of them are even heavy metals, things like mercury, aluminum, um, and even titanium dioxide, which are in a lot of our products. These types of toxins will affect the liver. And then if the, the liver is unable to detox the body efficiently, then your body just gets bound up with a bunch of toxins. And then this is going to be something that is also going to increase the inflammation in the body. So again, it can definitely manifest as tight muscles, achy joints, you know, increased pain, um, and then it can also look more like arthritis, or it can even be those other inflammatory disorders like high blood pressure and headaches, um, and even high cholesterol. So these products, you're saying, uh, even though they're just hormone really disruptors, they can really affect our overall health in tons of different ways that we might not necessarily think are really related to hormones. Exactly. There, it's kind of two parts. You're going to have a toxicity issue and then you're going to have a hormonal issue based off of the types of personal products that you're using. So what are some of the major chemicals that we really need to watch out for? 
there's definitely a lot, so I want to try to keep it um, simple today. And then one of the things that we will offer to our listeners is a more thorough guide that can dive deeper into all the different chemicals that are in the personal products. But I already mentioned the parabens and phthalates, and those are going to be pretty, pretty important. A lot of times these days, if you are exploring other um, more natural products, they're usually saying paraben-free, BPA-free, as well as phthalate-free. And again, because these are the known hormone disruptors to really cause that overabundance of estrogen, and also that's going to decrease those other important sex hormones. Um, I would say one that's really, really important is dioxin. And this is something that has been known to be found in shampoos and conditioners and even lotions. But I would say one of the most important things is it's found in tampons. And dioxin is a known carcinogen. So with this big epidemic of uh, HPV and then also the HPV putting you at risk for cervical cancer, if you're someone who's using a lot of tampons, especially the traditional chlorinated bleached tampons, you know, Tampax and, and all of those traditional brands, these are going to have high levels of dioxin in them and they are going to increase your levels. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, it's going to increase your risk for um, cervical cancer. The other really interesting thing about tampons is going to be uh, the level of fiberglass that's contained in these tampons as well. Um, I remember when I was learning about this and I was like, why in the world would they put fiberglass into tampons? And uh, with, you know, kind of going further and looking more and more at uh, the studies, what they found is that the fiberglass increased the amount of bleeding uh, or during a period, which obviously caused you to use more tampons. So, you know, again, that could be... um, something that is flawed research but I found that kind of interesting even in my own personal experience that when I was consistently using those types of tampons I was using quite a few each day so it's a marketing technique essentially essentially could be be. yeah um so it's definitely interesting but I would say the dioxin is one of the most dangerous chemicals that you really want to avoid and like I said they can be in shampoos and conditioners but um they are most prevalent in tampons Um, I mentioned heavy metals before as well. We get exposed to heavy metals from a variety of different things, everything from tap water to um, even, you know, filtered water as well as, um, you know, uh, fillings in our teeth. But one of the most known metals in our personal products is definitely, definitely going to be aluminum in our antiperspirants. So that's definitely something to consider because... You're, when you use an antiperspirant, there's two things happening. First of all, you're blocking your ability to sweat, so you're blocking a detox mechanism. So you're technically trapping toxins in your tissue, and a lot of those toxins, as they build up, they end up moving into the breast tissue, which, especially with this epidemic of breast cancer, it's something to consider. Um, and then on top of trapping the toxins in, you're also giving yourself a hefty dose of aluminum on a daily basis. So it's definitely something that is number one on my list that I recommend swapping out for. I just want to give this as a disclaimer. If you swap to more of a natural deodorant, not antiperspirant, deodorant, um, just know you got to ride it out for two weeks. You will sweat a lot more because again, finally you're your detox pathways are are opened up and your body's allow you're allowing your body to sweat. 
but also you have to think about, you know, through that detox mechanism, you're going to let go of some things that don't smell the best. So you, chances are you're going to smell for about two weeks, but I promise you, you will get over the hump. <laughs> well, and deodorants I know are a very tough one. I know personally, but we have a lot of clients that come in and will say, I've tried the natural deodorants. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I need the recommendations. So in a few minutes, we're going to get to some recommendations as well. Definitely. Um, another big one, uh, you know, I have kind of my top three with uh, what I recommend to swap out as soon as possible. So definitely the deodorant, I'm sorry, the antiperspirant is one. And then the second one is going to be your toothpaste. And I know that fluoride, it it definitely has mixed reviews. You know, it's like we've been taught we need the fluoride for healthy teeth. And then there's other people saying, you know, fluoride is really toxic. You know, the biggest thing to understand is that anything in excess becomes problematic. So if you have this overabundance of fluoride, which if you use fluorinated toothpaste, you're going to because you're using it every day, two to three times a day, and you're using it through your whole life. So that is going to be an overabundance of fluoride. So with you know the known research looking into fluoride and the long-term effects of it, it's been known to cause um, decreases in thyroid hormone, and it's also been known to cause decreases in melatonin melatonin being super important for your sleep cycle. Um, So really trying to gravitate away from these fluorinated toothpaste is really important. And again, we're going to give you some really great resources for toothpaste that works. (laughs) So you don't have to feel like, you know, you're brushing your teeth with mud necessarily. So another big one is going to be titanium dioxide. And titanium dioxide is something that is in most makeup. Um, even some of the the better alternatives like bare minerals, you know, they do really gravitate towards having a lot less chemicals in their makeup, but still that titanium dioxide manages to make its way in all of the products. Um, but titanium dioxide falls under that category of being a heavy metal as well. So again, anything in abundance is going to be problematic. So you want to consider if you're putting on makeup every single day, really trying to opt for a better alternative. Um, I would say uh, one of the the other important ones is going to be propylene glycol. So most people don't realize propylene glycol is, well, first of all, it's in everything. 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 If you look at your lotions, your shampoos, your conditioners, your makeup, it is all over the place. But uh, propylene glycol is actually one of the primary ingredients in antifreeze. And it's also a petroleum derivative, which petroleum is gasoline. So this is a, a chemical that is known to be very dangerous, carcinogenic, you know, a hormone disruptor. It's all of the above. And we're finding it in almost all of our personal products. And that's also one of the primary chemicals that they have found in amniotic fluid in pregnant women. So amniotic fluid being the, the fluid that the baby is pretty much um, immersed in, you know, as it's in the womb. And it's, you know, it's definitely something that you don't necessarily want in any part of the body, let alone the amniotic fluid. So it's really trying to be conscious of the avoiding the propylene glycol in your, in your personal products. And it's something to mention as well that propylene glycol is also in a food additive as well. Mm-hmm. So 
I would be cautious of if you're looking at ingredient labels, if it's a beverage or, or a processed food, mm-hmm. that it is also used in some processed ingredients as yeah. well. Yeah, it's even made its way into different types of sports drinks that are yeah. obviously geared towards, you know, replenishing electrolytes, etc. So it's, it's all over the place, but definitely keeping your eye out for it. Um, sodium lauryl sulfate is another big one. In almost any shampoo or conditioner that you pick up, you will see sodium lauryl sulfate. Um, that is another major carcinogen. It's also known to decrease sperm count. It is a major hormone disruptor. You know, they say in the research that the sodium lauryl sulfate is known to be one of the most dangerous uh, chemicals that's found in our personal products. So another one to really keep your eye out for. And, you know, if you go through your personal products and you see an overabundance of all these things that we're talking about, you know, don't feel super overwhelmed with it. It's just you know, as you start running out of these things, start to replace them with better alternatives. And that's going to be something that we give you resources for because we've done a lot of trial and error and we've found what works, what doesn't work. And, um, you know, and especially as females, we can't necessarily use any old organic shampoo uh, without maybe having dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's it's definitely trying to find the, the right options as well. Well, in sodium lauryl sulfate, is it true that it's the what makes it almost suds up and become very foamy? So if you're buying a shampoo and it's becoming very foamy, as you know, Pantene Pro-V or any of those big names are doing, there's a good chance that it has the sodium lauryl sulfate in mm-hmm. there. And I know that's one of the deterring factors for when somebody gravitates more towards an organic shampoo um, or just a better quality shampoo is they're like, you know, it doesn't lather as much. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's not containing the sodium lauryl sulfate. So just know that, you know, you're still getting an equal benefit of cleaning, you know, your hair, your skin, whatever, um, you don't necessarily have to have that lather effect. Yeah, we're very used to that. Exactly. In our products. Um, so two things that I want to just mention in conjunction with each other, which will kind of finish up the primary things to watch out for, is definitely going to be um, when you see on the ingredient label fragrance and mineral oil. And mineral oil, you know, of course you think like, mineral oil, that's great, I'm going to get minerals, it's going to be fantastic, I'm going to rub it all over my body. But um, what's interesting is they've actually found that mineral oil is um, similar to what you would call a plasticizer. So as you apply it to the skin, it actually almost acts as saran wrap. It suffocates the skin and doesn't allow any oxygen um, or, or doesn't allow you know, the skin to breathe essentially. So this is super important, especially because you think about you know, baby oil. Baby oil is 100% mineral oil. You know, you're rubbing this on your baby thinking you're doing a good thing, but you're actually not allowing, you know, oxygen to get into their skin. So, you know, your skin is your largest organ and it does absorb and whatever goes onto your skin gets into your bloodstream. So you really need to um, to really be careful and cautious of uh, kind of not falling for these marketing schemes of, you know, something sounding like really fantastic like mineral oil because in reality it's it's something that's actually really detrimental. Well, and this is a derivative of petroleum, correct? Yes, exactly. So again, kind of going back to the propylene glycol conversation, it also is a derivative of petroleum, which again is a carcinogen. Um, and then in the world of fragrance too, you know, you think fragrance and you're like, oh, you know, that's probably no issue, but fragrance is just ambiguous. You don't really know what it is. You don't know what they're using in order to create whatever scent it is. Um, but regardless of what it's derived from, 
anytime you use an overabundance of scented things, it actually increases the toxic load on the liver. Um, so with that being said, you know, talking about the liver being the primary detox organ and needing it to function so that we can make sure we're filtering our blood and filtering our bodies and making sure that we're not getting inflamed by holding onto toxins, you really need to not use things that are going to overload the liver. So fragrance is definitely one of those things. So really just being conscious of, you know, are you using scented lotion, scented shampoo, scented toothpaste, scented candles, you know, and you're just kind of overloading your senses with all of these, you know, different fragrances, and then that's going to essentially overload the liver. Great. So you mentioned deodorant and toothpaste and tampons being really important to swap out. What are some of the other top things that you would have people go and get really right away? I would definitely say sunblock is another one. Um, you know, that's not actually something that we, we talked about um, in the chemicals, but oxybenzene and retinol palmitate are two major ingredients that you're going to find in your sunblocks that are also known to be carcinogens. Um, unfortunately, I know that we've been told that we almost need to fear the sun because we're going to get skin cancer and we really need to lather ourselves and especially we need to lather our children in head to toe and sunblock. The thing is, is you look at that list on, you know, the ingredient list on your sunblock, you don't know what half of that stuff is. You can't even pronounce a quarter of it. And most of those chemicals are known carcinogens. So we're trying to avoid overexposure to the sun to protect ourselves against cancer and skin cancer. And then, you know, we're dousing ourselves in chemicals that are extremely unknown and, you know, poisoning essentially our blood because, again, all of those chemicals are going to pass from your skin into your bloodstream. So you really, really need to be cautious about what you're putting on yourself, what you're putting on your children. And typically the sunblocks that are safe are, you know, are not the ones that we want to use because maybe they're thicker than the average one. Because uh, traditional sunblock is going to pretty much be um, zinc oxide and that is going to be the protective agent. So you rub that on, it usually goes on thicker, it doesn't kind of blend into the skin, it definitely doesn't come in an aerosol spray can. <laughs> so I know that we've kind of just, we have all these products around us that have catered towards uh, you know, our likes and dislikes, but overall, you know, it's the safer stuff is, is not always going to have that convenience factor. But one of the best brands for um, sunblock is Badger. Honestly, it's, it's one of the only ones that I really know of that is, is good quality. Um, Kiss My Face is another one that I've heard to be, to be good, but I know that it's not as good as the, the Badger. Um, so it's definitely something that I would look into and, and it definitely if you have young kids, you know, start swapping to a better quality sunblock. And Badger, I know, makes a lot of, they try to strive to kind of meet those needs that the market is looking for. They make a stick. Mm -hmm. They do make some of those easier to use products, um, try, trying to cater to that market as yeah. well. And they do um, everything from lotions, soaps now, and they also do chapsticks. Mm -hmm. So they have quite a big product line at this point. Um, so it's nice that you can get a variety of things from them. Mm -hmm. So any other uh, top products that you'd like to swap out? Well, kind of going back to that mineral oil um, conversation, definitely if you are using the traditional Johnson & Johnson's baby oil, um, I would definitely um, just be really cautious with that because it's 100% mineral oil. 
Um, there's a lot of other options that you can use. Honestly, you know, you can use coconut oil and it's going to have a fantastic therapeutic effect on your child. The nice part about coconut oil is coconut oil is also an antimicrobial. So it's something really useful for kind of just protecting them against, you know, germs and virus, etc. But it's also going to give them that moisturizing effect as well. And make them smell like a coconut. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess the last one that I'll mention is makeup. So um, makeup has been tough. Like I said, um, I've definitely recommended Bare Minerals to quite a few people uh, because it was it was a nice makeup that was you know meeting the needs of women. But then at the same time, it was better, but it wasn't great. It still was containing some of the titanium dioxide and a few other things. But recently, we've actually been introduced to a company called Beauty Counter, and they are really holding a high standard for their quality of products, and they have a little bit of everything in the sense of different types of lotions, shampoos, body oils, um, they have you know face cleansers, but they also are carrying makeup. And we've had the luxury of trying the makeup, and it's really fantastic, it, it works beautifully, and uh, it's been really nice to, to have an additional resource that's really safe for, for women and not, you know, creating any issues with toxicity as well as not um, causing any hormone disruption as well. Beauty Counter is interesting as well to me because they don't even have a mascara yet because they haven't found anything. They haven't been able to formulate something that doesn't contain these dangerous products. So I think it's very valiant that they didn't just throw something together so mm -hmm. that they had one, mm -hmm. even though that's something that women are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but they definitely hold really high standards in terms of their ingredients. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a great company. Um, you know, there is another company that I was recently exposed to while I was in Austin, Texas. Excuse me. And then they were, they're primarily doing everything from uh, face wash to body wash to different types of lotions. They even have a bug spray, but it's actually a spa called Milk and Honey. And it was on my uh, on my way out that I noticed that they had most of their products in uh, dark glass, which I found you know very interesting because I know that's obviously expensive to do, but I understand the value of it as well because it's not going to allow light to damage the products. So, you know, I kind of went over and started looking at all the ingredients and realized that, you know, they were holding, again, really high standards. They were using a lot of essential oils and a lot of natural products. Um, majority of the products were organic um, and they really had nothing on the ingredient label that you couldn't pronounce, which I thought was really fantastic. So I've definitely stocked up on some of their things as well. Um, so outside of those companies, there is obviously a lot of other options out there, things that you can get at your typical Whole Foods, things that you can get at your health food market. Um, so one of the things that we will do for the listeners today is we are going to um, give you the option to um, get an email from us, kind of giving you an awesome guide, diving deeper into all these chemicals that we talked about, you know, giving you more information about exactly what they're doing in your body. And it also comes with a guide on the do's and don'ts of personal products. So it kind of gives you the run through of all the products that we talked about today. And uh, the last thing that we will send over is kind of our top products that we're really enjoying and some of the companies that are really reliable. Um, and then we're also gonna give you a resource. Uh, you can either write it down if you're listening and have a pen and paper in front of you, but we will also make sure to tag that along in the email is uh, one of our resources 
uh, that you can just, you know, check out online is EWG, it's Environmental Working Group, and they are amazing at evaluating all different types of personal products, and they rate them. Um, how do they rate them again? It's on a scale of, uh, I know it changed from the last time that I looked at it. It's but, like a numerical scale from like 1 to maybe 10, but they mm -hmm. go through and they talk about fragrance and um, products that are potentially carcinogens that mm -hmm. might cause cancer. They talk about hormone disruption. So they have a couple different categories where they break down how the products are rated. Okay. And they also have an app that's called Skin Deep mm -hmm. that you could be in the store, you could pull out the app, you can type in whatever brand and whatever product, and it'll give you a numerical rating telling you, eh, this product is pretty good, this is a good choice, or no, stay away from this one. So they also have a list, I think, of their top products as well on there. Perfect, perfect. So it gives you a lot of great resources to, you know, start really exploring the other options that are out there, but also, you know, taking a look at your products that you're currently using and and seeing what really needs to go and, and what might be good quality that you can stick around. But um, we hope this was very useful for you. And like I said, if you are interested in getting that additional information, check out the link that will be attached to this podcast and you will be able to um, get that email from us, kind of just summing everything up that we talked about and giving you lots of great resources. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week.